It is March 10th, 2022, and on today's episode of the Halftime Adjustments Podcast, I will be going over the news, lots of quarterback moves and drama in the NFL. I will be going over some of the Bills moves, and I will be reacting to a previous episode, last week's episode of Billsology, featuring Izzy, King Rich, and Dan Kelly, and They talked about one thing in particular that I absolutely disagree with, and that is Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia. That's coming up on Let's Talk About It next on the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. Welcome into another episode of the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. My name is Charlie Gross. You can find me on Twitter at TTP underscore Charlie. We are part of the Built in Buffalo Podcasting Network. And as I mentioned in the intro, lots of quarterback moves in the NFL. The Let's Talk About segment will be a disagreement of what I heard my guys Izzy, Dan Kelly, and King Rich talk about on last week's episode of Bill's Ology in terms of Jordan Davis in the draft. We also have to get to the Ty Dunn article. And of course, there have been some moves uh, in the Buffalo Bills world with free agency only a few days away. Yes, the legal tampering period actually, I believe, starts on Saturday. And you're probably wondering, Charlie, what is the legal tampering period? Why don't they just start talking about contracts on Tuesday at 4 when the league year starts? I don't know, but they give them basically 72 hours to, for the agents to talk to the teams. The players can't actually talk to the teams. It's supposed to be just the agents. The agents negotiate a contract with the team. So all this weekend, if you're big into team building, you got a lot of hope for your team, all kinds of stuff's going to be happening. You're going to hear about contracts for this guy and contracts for this guy. And then at Tuesday at 4 o'clock, they'll all become official. So it's going to be a very crazy weekend on NFL Twitter. Things are going to be moving fast. They're going to be happening fast. Big weekend for all the uh, you know information guys. But stuff's starting to pop off already, so let's get right into it. First and foremost, Aaron Rodgers not going anywhere, staying in Green Bay. Conflicting reports about the contract. Ian Rappaport claimed it was a four-year, $200 million deal with $153 million guaranteed. I suppose that's what you'd expect for a four-time NFL MVP. Pat McAfee then contradicted that and said, while yes, Aaron Rodgers is going back to Green Bay, his sources tell him that There's no contract that's been agreed to. And if you're wondering who Pat McAfee's source is, it's Aaron Rodgers himself. Aaron Rodgers is very close with Pat McAfee. 
um, and some of the guys who come on his show. So obviously that was Aaron Rodgers calling or texting or emailing maybe Pat McAfee directly. Anyway, regardless, Aaron Rodgers is going back to Green Bay for at least a year, maybe two, maybe three. Who really knows? They also, the Green Bay Packers, have officially franchise-tagged Devontae Adams, the wide receiver. So that's news that is already happening. Obviously, we're going to have to wait until March 16th at 4 o'clock, or maybe a little bit before that to start hearing what numbers the contract is. But I think it's a good move for Rodgers, certainly, to stay in the NFC. If I were the Packers, I would have traded him because I think that he's a distraction and he's selfish and annoying. But there's no denying that he's also an incredible quarterback. So what do you do? And, of course, perhaps the biggest news in terms of quarterbacks in a blockbuster trade, the Denver Broncos, who had one of the best rosters in the NFL aside from the quarterback position, they have traded for Russell Wilson. The Denver Broncos receive Russell Wilson and a 2022 fourth-round pick. They send the Seattle Seahawks quarterback Drew Locke, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, tight end Noah Fant, former first-round pick tight end Noah Fant from a few years ago, a 2022 first-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick, two 2022 second-round picks, a lot of twos in there, and a 2022 fifth-round pick pick I was kind of surprised I think that's maybe more than I was expecting but the AFC West now with Russell Wilson uh, Derek Carr Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert becomes the best quarterback division in the NFL and I'm really happy that Russell Wilson went there because it means there's more of a chance for the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes to lose more games such a brutal division they're going to just kill each other for the next couple of years, hopefully, in that division. Uh, and I joked, anyone who knows the uh, history of the Seattle Seahawks drafting, they always draft weird guys. They, they always seem to draft a guy who every single person had valued as a third-round guy, and they're drafting him in the first round. So the joke, obviously, is that they didn't really send two firsts and two seconds. They just sent four third-round picks because the Seattle Seahawks are probably just going to draft some guy that they you know, they could get in the third round because they just don't have any idea what they're doing. But I guess that's neither here nor there. Se- uh, Russell Wilson has been traded from Denver. From Russell Wilson has been traded from Seattle to Denver. So in my mind, that makes Denver a top-four team in the AFC, probably top five or six team in the league. They become instant Super Bowl contenders obviously instant AFC championship contenders, and hopefully they'll beat the Chiefs a few times. Hopefully. So a few uh, Bills notes here in terms of who's been released and how we're going to clear salary cap. Things are still up in the air, obviously, with, with Cole Beasley seeking out uh, his his trade that he, he wants. But the Buffalo Bills have released A.J. Klein, and they have released... John Feliciano, uh, those two moves combined, the Buffalo Bills were about uh, $7 million over the cap, and they're now about $1 million. I'm sorry, yeah, they were, now they're $1 million under. Um, You know, A.J. Klein 
wasn't a starter. $5 million for him became too much. Anyone who follows me knows that I absolutely can't stand John Feliciano. I think he's one of the worst offensive linemen to step on the field, and I'm glad that he's gone. I think he never should have ever, 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 ever been a part of the team. I don't think he ever did anything good for the team. I know people are infatuated with the fact that he's got a nasty attitude and that he stood up for Josh Allen. And all I'll say again is he wouldn't have had to stand up for Josh Allen if he wasn't the one who couldn't block the guy who then uh, hit Josh Allen in a disrespectful way. So it really was his own fault. And he's not good at football in relation to the other people that play in the NFL. He's better at football than me, but he, we're not comparing him to me. We're comparing him to, to people like Quentin Nelson, and he's not good at football compared to Quentin Nelson. So I'm happy that he will be off the roster, uh, that he will no longer be um, you know, involved with the team. It's totally fine for me. Like I said, I never really liked him anyway. Maybe they'll clear more room with Cole Beasley trade, but they're certainly going to clear some space with restructures, uh, you can ex- you can expect maybe four or five guys um, to be restructured, maybe another release or two, and I would expect the Buffalo Bills to get into the into the the range of thirty million dollars in cap space. And I want to go back quickly, uh, touch on the Carson Wentz trade. Carson Wentz is a terrible quarterback. The Colts figured that out last year. Uh, Washington is one of the worst teams in the league, not only because they have this crazy owner and front office which thinks that racism and sexual assault is okay, which it's not, uh, but on the football field, they decided they were going to trade for Carson Wentz and they're going to pay all of his $28 million that he's owed this year. That's a terrible move um, in my estimation a bad allocation of resources. And I understand like you're desperate, but you don't have to be desperate necessarily. Good teams take their time, they make good decisions. Washington isn't a good team. They're not run by, you know, good people. I know Ron Rivera is a really nice guy. I'm talking about the owner, I'm talking about Daniel Snyder, who's a piece of shit to be honest. Let's just be honest. He's a piece of shit and uh, you know, they probably should force him to sell the team. They won't, but they made a stupid decision in trading for Carson Wentz. Now I want to get into something that really bothered a lot of people, and I'm not really sure why. Well, I guess I know why, but I guess what I'm saying is I don't know why it did. So Tyler Dunn, a fantastic nationally known writer, obviously, um, does very, very long pieces, uh, is not well-liked in Green Bay because of all the Aaron Rodgers pieces that he's done, but he's a sports investigative journalist uh, out on his own now. He's got a an article through Substack. I really encourage you to check that out. If you haven't, it's called Go Long. And he wrote an article last week about the 13 seconds, and there was some pretty juicy stuff in there, and I know it rubbed some people the wrong way, and some people thought that it was a hit piece on McDermott because it made McDermott look pretty bad. And I would say McDermott made McDermott look pretty bad. Uh, Among the things in there is basically that they never sort of just told the players after the game what happened in terms of the kick and the defense. They just kind of said, oh, well, season's over. See you guys next year. Peace out. 
and like just kind of left it at that, which is understandable in a way because it's the end of the season and you, you don't get together and watch film. At the end of the season, you just all leave. Like they could have given him more of an explanation in the locker room. Uh, and then, of course, there's the explanation that the special teams coach wanted to squib it. McDermott said no, just kick it out of the end zone. The special teams coach, Heath Farwell, went back to try to convince McDermott to to squib it. And in the meantime, nobody gave the message to the kicker about anything, really. So the kicker just kicked it out of the end zone, even though the special teams players thought that it was going to be a squib kick. There's never really been an explanation about why the Buffalo Bills were basically, you know, playing defense in Batavia um, instead of, like, you know, playing defense close to the line of scrimmage. That's never been addressed. So, obviously, there's some players and there's some unnamed players and some unnamed coaches in there that were sort of saying, hey, Sean McDermott preaches all this accountability, yet you won't take accountability and explain to us what happened with those decisions at the end of the game. Uh, You know, some stuff like that. Uh, Tyler goes on to, to, you know, obviously give his own thoughts about the situation and about McDermott. Um, And I could see why people thought that it, like, it was a hit piece because it wasn't very kind to Sean McDermott. But let's be honest, he let them down. He let the team down. He let the the fan base down. Whoever you think is important in terms of being let down – he let them down, and he's making it worse. McDermott's making it worse right now. The media asked him after the game a couple weeks ago what happened. All he would say was it was an execution issue. And again, at the scouting combine last week, Tim Graham asks him what happened, and he, he says, well, I'm, I'm not going to say it's my fault. It's an execution issue. This isn't going to go away, and I think – that's where Sean McDermott is making a mistake. Like, I get that you're the leader. You want to protect people. And obviously, it does sound like it's his fault anyway. But not giving any explanation, this thing's going to haunt them. And it's going to follow them until he gives an explanation. Like, they're eventually going to talk to Tyler Bass, the kicker. They're eventually going to talk to the special teams coach, the new special teams coach, since Heath Farwell left who was here as the assistant special teams coach. They're going to ask the players these questions. So McDermott should just say, hey, look, this is what happened. Heath wanted to squib it. I waved him off. He came back to to argue his case. We didn't tell Tyler the decision uh, on the defensive thing. That was a mistake. My bad. Like, that's all he has to say. And he just refuses to say it. He doesn't think that he knows he owes anyone an explanation and I don't think he owes me an explanation, but they're going to keep asking the questions until they get an explanation. So you're making this thing into like this big, monstrous thing that doesn't have to be. And I know that everyone's very emotionally involved with Sean McDermott, so that's another reason why you call it a hit piece. And if the media asks the question, you know, four months from now or whatever in training camp, people are going to be like, oh, my God, why are you still asking the question? Because they're reporters and they didn't get a response. So, if you're going to blame somebody, you need to blame Sean McDermott. All he has to do is literally, how long did it take me to say that explanation? Hey, guys, here, let, let's time it right now. 
here, guys. Uh, so Heath told me he wanted to squib it. I told him I wanted to kick it out. And then Heath came and uh, pled his case to me. We didn't tell Tyler. And the defensive part, yeah, my bad. We, we called the wrong coverage. That was, what, 17 seconds? So Sean McDermott just can't it take 17 seconds to say that to Tim Graham or Jay Skursky or Matt Perino or Ryan Talbot? It would be over. But I know, I know we're all going to blame the media. Oh, my God. <clears throat> just answer the question and move on, man. That's all you got to do. The last thing that I want to discuss on this episode of the Halftime Adjustments podcast is last week's episode of Bill's Ology with my man A. Rich, Dan Kelly, and Izzy. And they covered a lot of stuff. They covered Cole Beasley. They covered the scouting combine. But they said one thing that really stuck out to me, and uh, they were all pretty much in on Jordan Davis, and I completely disagree with that. Completely disagree. Um, Even Izzy was kind of... Was 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 doing the WWE right? The yes, yes, yes. Like he was he was very excited about Jordan Davis. Um, they all seem pumped up. I disagree. And so of course now we have hit the time of the episode where we're gonna talk about it. Well, I guess I'm gonna talk about it, <laughs> and and you know they can listen to uh, my response if, if they want. Um, you know. So let's talk about it. Jordan, who is Jordan Davis first? Let's cover who Jordan Davis is. Jordan Davis is a 6'6", 340-365-pound defensive tackle who played football at the University of Georgia. He is obviously very hard to move. He's a very good run defender. And this week at the Combine, once again, I said he's 6'6", okay? And he's like 350 pounds. He ran a 4.76 second 40-yard dash. Okay, that that's the same speed that Josh Allen, who's 6'5", 240, ran. It's three-tenths of a second slower than wide receivers who are 6'200", 200 pounds, or 5'11", 190 run. So obviously he's very athletic. He's an explosive athlete, and the Buffalo Bills need a defensive tackle. So why aren't I over here doing the WWE? Yes, yes, yes. What? Oh, you didn't know? Well, you better call somebody. Anyway, the reason is is because of some things that were first brought to my attention when I was listening to the Locked On Bills podcast with Joe Marino. You all know who Joe Marino is. So here we go. These are some of the things that either Jordan Davis has said about himself or that his coach, Kirby Smart, has said about him in the last 18 months. First off, he's not a pass rusher. He's I believe he's 89th in pass rushing in college among defensive linemen who have the same, you know, amount of pass rushing snaps. He admitted he has a sweet tooth and he hates veggies. 
And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, I have a sweet tooth and I hate veggies. Okay, well, you're not going to get paid millions of dollars to play in the NFL. Kirby Smart, the coach, said about Jordan Davis in spring practice of 2021, Jordan's biggest issue is weight control, and we have to get him to cut some more weight for him to be elite. Teams will neutralize him by spreading out the ball and going at a faster tempo, and he can't keep up. Jordan Davis himself said that he came back to Georgia because he wanted to win a national championship, and he wanted to prove to everybody that he could keep his weight under control. He only played 25 plays per game on average. He also says that he doesn't, he's not a three-down player. He said, my job, quote, my job isn't to play third down, it's to get to third down. And I know you're listening to this as a Bills fan, and you're saying to yourself, okay, well, McDermott has the rotation and this and that, the other, so whatever. Okay, well then don't, why are we going to take that guy in the first round, though? You're going to take a player who admittedly only is interested in playing two downs, has weight issues, has motivation issues, and you want the Buffalo Bills to take this guy in the first round. Okay, there's no guarantee that they're going to sprinkle the magic process dust on him when he when he walks through the doors at Orchard Park and suddenly he's going to be motivated. These are the kinds of things that have has a player fall. I don't know if I touch this guy in the first 3 rounds. He's got bust written all over him. I don't I honestly I don't want him on the team. So for for you to say, "Oh, if he's there at 25, let's take him." Or or the the, the guys on Billsology were even saying, "Oh, maybe we trade up a couple." I, what? I completely disagree. Not for this guy. He's lazy, he's unmotivated. He doesn't take stuff seriously enough and he obviously doesn't have any you know regard for for his diet like you know the process can only do so much and I know you're all saying well the Buffalo Bills the culture the process why is Josh Allen good who gets credit for for being for Josh Allen being good is it the process alone how much percentage do you put on the process 50 percent 40%. How much credit do you give Josh Allen for what he did in the offseason with Jordan Palmer? That's at least 50%. What about Dawson Knox? Dawson Knox went to tight end university. How much is that? What? How much did his offseason this season help him? 30%? Okay. And you want to take a guy who has a sweet tooth, hates veggies, can't keep his weight under, under control, only wants to play two downs. And you think, like, just the process is going to fix him? I just gave you two examples of, of two players who who had to work in the offseason to get to where they are. You think Jordan Davis is going to work in the offseason? Maybe. But he doesn't have a track record of doing it. So I think it's crazy 
to even consider him in the first round. And honestly, like I said, I wouldn't really consider him in the in the first three rounds. And quite frankly, don't even want the guy on my team. There's there's other defensive tackles who can do more than him and who I haven't heard problems about his weight and that he, you know, likes to eat too much cake. So while I appreciate the guys who are on Billsology, I cannot get down, I cannot vibe with this Jordan Davis take. There's 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 too many red flags there for me. Too many red flags. If he's there in the fourth round, I'd consider it in the fourth round, but not not before then for sure. The blue cheese couldn't save you, John Feliciano. That's it for me, guys. Um, appreciate you guys listening. Like I said, free agency is next week. By the time you hear my voice again, we will know for the most part where all the big-name free agents have gone if the Buffalo Bills have signed any, more likely than not, they're in the secondary and you know third area uh, levels of free agency. I encourage you guys to check out the rest of the podcast. Check out the YouTube channel for Built in Buffalo. Check out the merch shop. Leave us a rating and review if you would be so kind. And Bills Mafia, of course, we cannot sign off from the podcast without giving you the advice that I give you every week, which is find a way to embrace your growth mindset. And as always, trust the process.